Michael spins off a sandwich and down towards the goal. Barbashev, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harley down through the circle. He's going to again. To the right, a shot. Oh, and a stop by Hill with the glove. Robertson at the right dot. The lefty tried to go top right corner. Hill flashes his mitt for the big save. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, sticks down. We're high above ringside looking at the Vegas Golden Knights center ice logo ahead of game one tomorrow of the 2023 Stanley Cup final. The Florida Panthers practiced here earlier today. The Vegas Golden Knights over at City National Arena. And then everybody got together in different shifts for media day at the Stanley Cup final when local, national, and international scribes and uh, broadcasters and uh, social media influencers uh, got to uh, question and analyze and uh, just uh, have some dialogue with the participants from coaches uh, to the players. And it was a well-attended day in which we got to uh, see uh, a lot of different people and the players for the Vegas Golden Knights had their eyes open to what an event this is, which is growing uh, year by year, but then had to go through the pandemic. This time around, it was back to full offense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It it was, again, a lot of of energy, Certainly an event early on uh, here inside T-Mobile Arena today. Um, it, it was nice to be able to pop from, from pod to pod, booth to booth, listen in on some of the conversation, get some of the conversation going with the players because for you know the Golden Knights, this is another opportunity. And for the Florida Panthers, this is a really good spot to be in after you know a postseason where they have just gone on a really magical run. They, they dispatch the Boston Bruins. They take care of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They sweep the Carolina Hurricanes en route to this showdown with the Golden Knights. Do you have a sense to... Uh get into what you think the storylines are from uh, the media point of view going into this series, either from the Florida Panthers uh, perspective or the Vegas Golden Knights? I mean, I think for Vegas, the 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 idea of unfinished business, I, I think, is out there. I, I really do. I think you've also got this, this Jack Eichel question kind of looming over everything. And it's not a question to me anymore. It's maybe... Jack Eichel's brilliance in the postseason, Jack Eichel's ability to elevate his game to be exactly what the Golden Knights were were looking for, Um, rewriting the narrative that has surrounded Jack since coming into the league uh, number two behind Connor McDavid. I, I think that's going to be a really big one and one that you focus in on over the course of this series. Now, one other aspect of it too, American hockey. You've got Jack Eichel, you've got Matthew Kachuk. Both of those guys um, are are really players that can be the face of, of USA hockey for uh, a while now, and it, it gives you an idea of, of two guys at the, at the height of their levels going against one another in the Stanley Cup final. Jack Eichel, from, from the national angle, is definitely the bigger story for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And then you get into being here for the second time in six years, trying to be an expansion team. To, uh, to win a championship uh, in, in its first uh, six seasons and be able to follow through on what was a, a very uh, confident quote uh, from 
uh, uh, Bill Foley at the start to to try and win your first championship in six years mm-hmm. un, unheard of mm-hmm. uh, that you would try to go in the in the modern era uh, and uh, it happened uh, we we know uh, by the Philadelphia Flyers uh, coming off in 1967 uh, ex- expansion uh, but uh, but from from this modern area now that you have 31 teams at, at the time uh, wow uh, th- there's no way that can happen and it's a real possibility so that that comes into it as well uh but the individual story of jack eichel coming over and playing his first playoff series and reaching a final is is one that uh that uh, is developing into a real storybook uh, spring for the vegas school of the knights forward on on the florida panther side uh there's there's mixed angles there's matthew kachuk mm-hmm. Telling Calgary last summer that he wasn't going to resign there long term, and uh, Brad Trey Living, who was the general manager, now runs the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, securing this trade uh, with with the Florida Panthers and becoming by far and away the best first year performer with with a new team uh, in the National Hockey League this year. He did everything. Despite the the trials and tribulations of the Panthers throughout the regular season, Matthew Kachuk was still outstanding mm-hmm. uh, MVP of the all-star game like it's been a dream first season for for Matthew Kachuk that uh, that is the dominant story but uh, uh, also right along with that is this uh, this idea that uh, that they can go through as a, as a 17 seed they will be portrayed as a large underdog they will be painted as a much bigger underdog than they actually are mm-hmm. because of where they finished. And I think that is going to be the biggest, from a Florida Panther perspective, I think that's going to be the biggest narrative entering the series. Yeah, I think where they finished the regular season is is certainly going to be a topic you can't divorce from this Florida Panther team. However, when you start to really peel back the layers, as we've done over the last couple of shows with this Panther team, we, we start to see that this is ultimately what they were building toward. And there was going to be, as you mentioned, a step back so that you could take two, three, four steps forward. And for the Florida Panthers, they were able to kind of turn that corner in January and February. They were able to get into the playoffs at the beginning of April. And then they faced elimination against the Boston Bruins and never stopped believing. And, and when that is, is kind of what you're hoping for, uh, good things have happened to them, and they have put themselves in the right position. But I think looking at them as a true 17 seed is is not necessarily where the truth lies with this Florida Panthers hockey club. It's a different route than Vegas has taken. The Florida Panthers faced elimination three times. Mm-hmm. Vegas has not been on the ropes where yeah. they lose the game. Their season is done. Mm-hmm. Yet... Florida advanced to the Stanley Cup final by being very efficient in rounds two and three. They're one over the minimum mm-hmm. in rounds two and three. Yep. That, that is uh, just a startling performance uh, by, by, by the Florida Panthers uh, who, who found it and then kept it going. They will be challenged by the layoff. Double digits in in days uh, with with time between between games, that will be a challenge. But as far as who's had the the better run, 
I, I don't know whether you could say e- either one has been necessarily better. Vegas, Vegas was great. They haven't faced elimination. Mm-hmm. They they haven't gone to a, a, a seventh game, uh, and they've uh, they've been able to turn it on when they had to. Florida, yeah, sure, they had to rally back, but since they found it, they haven't given it up. Yeah, I I think for for Vegas, like they've had moments where things have maybe felt out of control. You look at game one against Winnipeg. You look at maybe coming out of of game four. Uh, against the the Edmonton Oilers but by and large they've been able to course correct and when they've done that they haven't really looked back in terms of of winning a winning a series they 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 kind of turned the corner real quick against the Winnipeg Jets they were able to clamp it down when they needed to against the Edmonton Oilers uh, and then they just kind of never really allowed the Dallas Stars to get into the series until late in the series and even at that point I, I wasn't all too concerned about the Golden Knights ability to win against Dallas so it, it's been maybe a less stressful road in terms of not having to face elimination. But, you know, you also look at the Florida Panthers. The only time they faced elimination was round one. And they, they, they were able to stare that down. They were able to win that series. They were able to do it in dramatic fashion. And then they, they took care of Toronto and, and Carolina in short order. So uh, the run that Florida was in over the last two rounds was pretty sensational. But I, I think you know, you look at it from different perspectives. A, a team that hasn't put themselves in a position where they've had to face elimination, it's hard to argue that that hasn't been a great run. Yeah, I, I would put Florida as having to battle harder to get here in the, in terms of having to win or your season's over. Sure. And they, they, they had to beat the best team in NHL history for from a regular season standpoint. That, uh, that was unexpected, and uh, that was remarkable what they did. Vegas has had stressful moments. Uh, the first four periods of this playoff was not what they wanted to produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost game one and then required an all-world performance by goaltender Lauren Bressois in the first period of game two against Winnipeg, but, but found it. Uh, and when you look at what Vegas has done from – there's been pockets of stress, but how many times have they lost back-to-back games? Once. Once. Yeah, one time. So there's been pockets of stress. And the the Edmonton series, because of the craziness game to game in those results, because it wasn't just win-lose, win-lose. Mm-hmm. It was win big, lose big, yep. win big. And and the the it felt more uh, s- stretched out than it was. Mm-hmm. In, in in like in golf and match play, yeah, you you lose a hole, you 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 just lose that hole, whether you have a five or whether you have a twelve. Uh, that that's what that was. But the twelve never feels good, and and losing a game, uh, being uh, outscored by a bunch, never feels good. But it only ever cost you one. Uh, but in when you look at it from from the the way I just explained to it, they've lost back to back games once going into the Stanley Cup final. That's a pretty smooth journey mm-hmm. to the championship series. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, again, I, I think that we've talked about how important um, the right amount of rest is, being able to, to finish series in in, a, in quick succession. And, you know, I think for the Golden Knights, the, the ability to course correct, you talk about the Edmonton series, that was a, a roller coaster, if there ever was one in terms of a playoff series. And then when Vegas kind of, 
figured out how to clamp it down, they did and didn't really allow it to get back to a moment where it, it was stressful or you were facing elimination. So um, I I appreciate the run that the Golden Knights have been on. The fact that they haven't lost back-to-back games more than one time in this run gives you an idea of how consistent they have been. Um, but again, you, you got to... You still look at this as a situation where you you need four more. You need to find another way to bring in four more wins in the Stanley Cup Final. Media day for the Stanley Cup Championship Series uh, was held earlier. Uh, All the players uh, had their pods or their stages uh, meeting with a a rotating and uh, maneuvering cast of media. That included Aiden Hill, who started the season as the backup to Logan Thompson, kicked off the playoffs as the backup uh, to Lauren Bressois. That was flip-flopped uh, with Jonathan Quick at, at the start of the playoffs and is now the starter going up into the Stanley Cup final. Here's Aiden Hill. This is your first playoff run. Have you ever seen the Cup before? Uh, I saw it once, I think once in person when I was maybe <laughs> around 10 or so years old in Edmonton. So I think it was there, and uh, I've been to the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame too, so I saw it there once. But did you know it's over there? I didn't know it was over there yet. No, I literally walked right through the store right here, so yeah. I mean, how, how surreal is it that it's right there and you're four wins away from it? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to touch it, but obviously. <laughs> obviously. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, four wins away, I mean, yeah, it's just one best of seven series. Have you had a moment to just kind of breathe and, and think about what you've been able to accomplish so far this postseason? Uh, I mean, I'm not really, like, worried about that too much yet, right? It's more I can do that in the summer. So right now, it's just kind of, hey, how am I staying sharp? What do I got to do to make sure that I'm ready to go game one tomorrow? What, what video game is it that gets you worked up? I play a lot. Uh, yeah, I'll play a different, few different shooting games. I'll play, like, even NHL with my buddies for fun. And, uh, you play yourself? No, no, uh, we have like a creative team. Like, we play in like a league. So, like, I'll play, I usually play as the right defenseman. Yeah. Uh, what does what Quick meant for you guys? He has obviously so much champion experience. What has he brought to you? Uh, yeah, no, he's been unbelievable for us. Uh, so, he's great on and off the ice, works hard every day in practice. He's ultimate pro. So, it's nice having that guy that I can talk to. He's been here twice and he's two for two with it. So, he's, he's done all right. Uh, he's had a great career himself. So, uh, I think kind of adding him to the mix was invaluable for our team and uh, just adds up more experience. There's, there's a slogan kind of going around with the team, it hurts to win or winning hurts, but that even kind of resonates with the goalie position as well. Can you just kind of talk about just the ups and downs this season for from that group? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, most of the downs have just been injury problems, right? I wouldn't say there's been any time this year where anybody's really been concerned with both the play of our goalies so I'm uh, sure off night here off night there whatever but uh, I feel like it's been pretty consistent and yeah I mean we all we have a good goalie room in there so like if one guy gets hurt it's like you look at the next day you're like hey it's your time here we go like let's keep this rolling so uh, no it's been a good healthy environment I've heard of the term goalie by committee mm-hmm. but it's usually a committee of two maybe three yeah but never four with the added uh, play of Yuri Patera, who won a couple of games mm-hmm. for five. Yep. It is just absolutely extreme. Uh, Logan Thompson isn't uh, part of the active team right now uh, because of uh, a couple of injuries that he suffered. 
following his appearance in the All-Star game. And he's not even a fact. You lose a goaltender that goes to the All-Star game, mm-hmm. very doubtful that you're going to get here. Yep. And, and Aiden Hill, uh, the way he stepped in, and, and one of Aiden's best games of the year was against the Florida Panthers in, in Miami. Like he and he got hurt in that game, wasn't able to play and and continue on in that five game road trip, which eventually led to the four games in a row with four different goalies and four wins and National Hockey League record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but the last time Vegas and Florida met was one of the best performances individually in in Aiden Hill's career. But he was knocked out. Then you get Quick in. Then you get Yuri Patera in, and the return of Lauren Brassois which then leads to Aiden Hill coming back in. It's, it's one of the uh, more surreal things that you could uh, have witnessed to the point where if it was a Netflix series, you go, this is pretty funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's not realistic. It's, no, it, 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 there's, there's you know things that you see happen that you wouldn't believe unless you actually saw it come to fruition and I think what the Golden Knights have gone through with their goaltending this year it it, it, that's certainly one of them I I look at it as okay you go into the year with unknowns in 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 terms of how it's going to hold up over the course of an 82 game season Logan Thompson Aiden Hill they play really well for the Golden Knights then you get into injury issues and it seems like every decision that has been made with goalies has has been the right one And, and and you you find different ways to win you get contributions and right now the the way that it's shaken out for the Golden Knights, I, I think you've got the right guy in net in this moment in Aiden Hill, and it's taken a long, winding road to get here, but I'm glad for Aiden that he's got the opportunity coming up tomorrow. I'm going to tell you a story about the the coaching and the relationship between the goaltenders and how they prepare for a, an assignment. And this goes to Yuri Patera, who, who must be looking around at times right now going, what is happening? Yuri Patera starts in, in the American Hockey League, and where would Yuri Patera have been on the depth chart in the summer? You've got Robin Leonard, mm-hmm. who was out, but was expected to be your number one. Yep. Then Logan, then Aiden, then Bruce Lauren Bersois, who is recovering yes. from uh, injury, and then Yuri Patera would have been Bruce five. Yep. Now, uh, Quick comes in, he's actually six. At the start of the year, he's five. He ends up six, and now he's number three as part of uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights, and he's practicing with the team, with the taxi squad at the the start of the postseason. Mm -hmm. Now he's practicing every day with the club and is the third stringer in, in in a Stanley Cup playoff alongside a legend in Jonathan Quick. Like, like they're... He's not even part of the day-to-day, and his head is, is probably spinning as they go through rehearsals here at T-Mobile Arena uh, ahead of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final tomorrow afternoon uh, here at the, at the Fortress. But, uh, but Sean Burke and Freddie Brathwaite should get a lot of credit and stick taps for these players stepping in and being effective. Mm-hmm. And when you say... They haven't made a wrong decision. You're right. But the players made sure of that. Sure, yeah. Because they played. And and part of the decision-making that they, they made was on that road trip that uh, started off in Florida where Aiden was great but, but got hurt. Uh, they had a back-to-back, Carolina and St. Louis, to finish the road trip. 
And Jonathan Quick was spectacular in Carolina. Shout out, right? Mm-hmm. And then they fly to St. Louis, quick turnaround, and that was the weekend that the clocks changed, but they didn't get any advantage of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you, you go through that, and Yuri Patera is getting the assignment in a back-to-back. The team's not going to skate. They're not going to do anything, and, but, a, but a team stretch at the, at the hotel. But Bruce Cassidy gives Patera, says, go through your routine. If you want to skate, you can skate, but the team's not going to skate, but let us know. Patera says, I'd like to get, get on the ice that morning. Mm-hmm. So he goes over with a couple of coaches and a, players, a couple of players uh, who weren't going to play, and they, they give him some work. And some of the work that they did was a reverse pass out from behind the net mm-hmm. that that St. Louis that through the pre-scout they realized that they do the second shot that Patera faces is a brilliant feed reversed of from behind the net where normally the goalie would go across and he would leave uh, the the near side open and they would tap it in uh, Shen makes this play out Patera doesn't bite because of that morning work with Sean Burke and Misha Donskov, and because of the pre-scout that they did, they were able to work on it. And the second shot he faces, he stops. If that goes in, you're making your first NHL start. How sideways could that go? You're in a back-to-back, et cetera, et cetera. You go down the path that I'm going. It reverses it. And that just gives you a, a little look at the, the behind-the-scenes preparation that goes into Aiden Hill and Lauren Bressois and Logan Thompson and Yuri Patera, Jonathan Quick, uh, that they, they've done this year. Being prepared, it, it looks spectacular, and it is, but they were also prepared to make sure it was spectacular. And, and you, you go through, again, the, the adversity of, of going that deep into your goaltending, and you know, you, you talked about it. It's credit to the player, right, for, for being ready. It's credit to the to the coaching staff for giving the options that, that are there. It's credit to, to the preparation of understanding what term, what tendencies you're going to see from the teams and, and putting it all together. And, you know, again, I, I think for the Golden Knights, what we've what we've seen over the course of, of this year is that everyone is is dialed in at the same time to the same things. You've got a team that is ultimately moving in the in the same direction and you know the fact that they were able to go five goalies deep in the regular season not lose any ground in those moments and win the division win the conference and and now they're four wins away from the Stanley Cup gives you an idea of how connected the organization is yeah it looks like the coach is making the perfect choice it looks like the goaltender the athlete is coming up and rising to the occasion every time and both those are true, mm-hmm. but the amount of preparation behind the scenes, whether it be physical, tactical, or scouting, has made a big difference. Sean Burke, Freddie Brathwaite, Misha Donskov, uh, uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, management, they all deserve played and played a role in that. Okay, you ready for some fancy stats? Yes. All right, This some of these will work for the Vegas Golden Knights, and some of them will be on the other side. But uh, I want to give you a balanced approach to some fancy analytics going into this series. Let's start off with the Golden Knights will play games one and two at home at T-Mobile Arena. It hasn't been a great postseason for home teams. Mm -hmm. 
But this, this is some optimism that it could change. Okay. At least on the on the on the near side. The Golden Knights are a perfect five and zero oh, all time at home against the Panthers. Yeah. Never lost. Yeah. Against the Florida Panthers. So yep. that's positive, right? Yep. How about this? The most goals per game at home against any opponent? Florida Panthers. Okay. At four point eight oh. They're averaging almost five <laughs> goals a game at home. Against the Florida Panthers. Oh, boy. Now, Washington, yep. they've been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calgary, they've been really good. Pittsburgh, they've scored a lot of goals at home against Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, Buffalo as well. They're right at four against all those teams. But the most goals per game against any opponent at home, the Florida Panthers. So I like all of that. I, I do. Obviously, I like the fact that, you know, Vegas has never lost to Florida in this building. I like the fact that the Golden Knights score a ton of goals when they play against the Florida Panthers on home ice. Uh, just don't start talking about needing to mess with the scoreboard. Just don't do that. Stop there. Okay, here's the counter, though. Oh, boy. And it's not a big counter. Okay. Because Vegas has gone 5-0. and Yeah. 5-0 and at, yeah. at the Fortress. Sure. Yep. Florida has scored at least one power play in all five games in Vegas. <laughs> it's not terribly surprising. Now, Kind of goes with the postseason, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like the Edmonton series? Yeah. You're going to get bit by the the power play, but you're still, still going to come out on top. So I'm fine with that. It's a trend. We're used to that. The other team scores in the power play a little bit, but the victories accumulate. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll take the victories for sure. So, like, I, I, I expect Florida's power play to be good. But again, I, I think the Golden Knights have proven that that if if they're going to win a series five on five, special teams are not going to factor in that much. So that's the good, and the trend towards the opposition. But we can still live with it because mm-hmm. uh, come on on top. Uh, this is the reverse of that. Since the NHL's conferences were named the East and the West. The Florida Panthers are the seventh team to sweep a conference final and go in with the best momentum possible to Mm -hmm. a Stanley Cup championship series. The seventh team, 2022 Colorado Avalanche, also uh, did that against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, The Boston Bruins in 2019 under Bruce Cassidy uh, also arrived here off a sweep. Momentum. Okay. All right. But teams uh, that have recorded a four-game sweep in the Stanley Cup semifinal round, the round before the championship, are only 16-11 and 11 in the final. So almost, like, not quite 500, but you, you've, you've lost 11 times uh, out of that. Uh, okay. So, um I'm like I'm good with that. I think that's fine. I there are different ways to look at it. Um, I I look at it like you go into a final of a sweep, you're rolling. Yeah, I, I expected then, more teams to no, carry it over. No, because then there's the layoff aspect well, of it, right? The, there's the layoff. The last ten series, the team with a longer layoff is one and nine. Mm-hmm. But that's not off a sweep. Sure, uh, not off. Uh, all those aren't off sweeps. Yeah, I, I, 
I think 16 and 11 makes sense to me because there are going to be moments where you are you're going to sweep a series and and you're going to have a break and I think that that impacts you in certain ways and you know what I I think that there's there's a case to be made for um getting away from your game in certain situations so I I don't know I I don't know that I'm I'm drawing too much into that I am going to talk about you know the layoff and and one and nine and and that being a, a big factor here. I, at least I to thought start. coming in off a sweep, the record in a final would be better. Uh, I expect this based on the stats to be a higher scoring series than the Dallas event. Maybe closer to what we saw against the the Edmonton Oilers, and this is why the best playoff record when scoring three plus goals since 2020. Mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights. 32-0 and 0 yeah. when scoring three or more goals. Yeah, they are, they are mm-hmm. automatic in the playoffs if they score three. Florida Panthers, 17-1. and one. <laughs> Almost automatic. Florida's only loss in that span came uh, last year against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won 16 straight mm-hmm. playoff games with scoring three-plus goals. Both teams, like that's, that's a lot. 17-1, mm. and one, 18 games, yeah. 32 since 2020, uh, 2020, it's a lot of high offensive games. Yeah, it sure is. So um, maybe we'll get to see some uh, some lamplighters. I don't know that it's going to tip quite like it did toward the Edmonton series, but I do think we're going to see some goals. Uh, Florida, this speaks to not the series itself. This is more recognition of what they've done. The most combined regular season points by their playoff opponents that mm-hmm. they beat. So that means, in in Vegas terms, it would be the combined points of Winnipeg, okay. Edmonton, and Dallas. Okay. All right? Yeah. So most ever combined points by the teams that you beat in the first three rounds. Okay. The Florida Panthers set a record this year. Yeah. 470. Because Boston had 135, Toronto 111, Carolina 113. Yeah. That's incredible. So, and then you you throw in Vegas 111. So there's there's 470 points against the teams that they they're playing, and they beat the first three. Vegas 111 would be equal with Toronto for third. Mm-hmm. That's that's wild. That 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 route. We talked about the route to get here. Mm-hmm. Based on that, you beat a 135-point team, a 111-point team, and a 113-point team, mm-hmm. and you finally get to the final, and you have to face <laughs> a team with 111 points? Yeah, it's, it's unkind to the Florida Panthers. It's not an easy road, to say the least. But, you know, again, they, they, it's proof positive that the regular season, you get into the playoffs – Anything can happen. It doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. 19-point difference between the point totals of Vegas at 111 mm-hmm. and Florida at 92. Where do you think that ranks all time? Mm, six to eight, somewhere in there. The largest in Stanley Cup since 2010. When it was, remember 2010, was Chicago and Philadelphia. Yeah. Remember Philadelphia had that crazy run? They yeah. got in with 88 points. They used Bush and Michael Leighton in goal. 
Yes. Okay. Chicago yeah. Uh, yeah. ended up scoring, and nobody knew the puck was in the net. <laughs> Patrick Kane was going on down the ice. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, 24 points, largest uh, since uh, 2010 between uh, the Vegas and Florida in this Stanley Cup final. We've got to take a break. Uh, I've got some more for you coming up in news and notes. Uh, we've got some one-timers as well, and I think we have another chance for you to qualify to go to game number two of this Stanley Cup Championship Series. I'll check with Chapman on that, but keep the phone handy as we broadcast live from T-Mobile Arena, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. 702-876-1340. Caller number nine right now. You will win a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, your neighborhood family, neighborhood sandwich shop, and we will also put your name into a draw to win two tickets to game two of the Stanley Cup final. Be caller number nine right now. Operator is standing by. Chapman is right there and answering those phones. Uh, good luck uh, to you. As uh, we wait for the winner... I want to tell you that there's been a, a little bit of a movement on the announcement. Remember uh, yesterday we were talking to Eric Tosi mm-hmm. uh, regarding uh, the different things that are going to happen in and around the Stanley Cup final when the games are played at T-Mobile Arena. A big announcement today is that there's a concert series taking place before games one, two, and uh, if necessary, uh, game five. How about this lineup? Marshmallows. Marshmallow's going to be here. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. No. For I, game number one. Yes. DJ Marshmallow. Yeah. Yep. Marshmallow. Uh, he and uh, the big hat. I, I was talking about uh, some of his stuff today uh, yeah. over at, uh, with uh, Stephanie Rogers at, uh, at uh, Beach K Lab. Marcha, 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 Marcha. Yeah, not quite that, but uh, DJ Marshmallow. Uh, we have Lil John. Shots. There you go. Shots. He's going to do. Uh, game number two. Mm-hmm. His pool party, DJ set, will originate from the uh, from Wet Republic over at MGA Grand uh, in Las Vegas. So that's going to be awesome. And uh, for game number three, multi-platinum selling rapper and Florida's own Flo Rider is going to be doing that. So just uh, just a little bit of uh, Florida content in there, uh, along with the uh, the cool concerts that are going to take place ahead of games one and two of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, uh, well, okay. Number one, um, super cool. Uh, really, really exciting stuff. I, I'm, I'm super stoked for uh, for Lil Jon. I think that's going to be fantastic. Uh, DJ Marshmallow is going to be awesome, too. Like, I can't even imagine what it's like to perform in that in that uh, in that mask, so there's all of that, uh, and then it would it would make sense only make sense that Florida would get Florida. Yeah, I, I never call him DJ Marshmallow. I just call him Marshmallow. Well, you said marshmallows, and I yeah. got confused. Marshmallow. Yeah, uh, we got. Uh, it's not mar- random, or or, or uh, there's not multiple. There's just one. Yeah, I, th- I thought I just said marshmallow. No. What? Oh. Well, you guys think you guys are here? You, you made it plural. You guys are weird things. John the Marcheseau, he led all Marche, 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 Marche! with 30 goals in 2016 2017. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. You probably don't, but no, uh, I do. I, I do actually remember that, yeah. You just remember that he did that. You probably weren't watching the Florida Panthers. Huh, I remember talking about it. So, his final, that was week. his final season 
with the team before being selected in the expansion draft. Uh -huh. I a remember very, that too. Very rare occurrence is about to take place. And I'm talking about players to lead a team in goals in a season and then later face that team in a Stanley Cup final. Marshall is going to do it against Florida, having led them in 2016-2017. The most previous example of that was David Backus, longtime St. Louis Blue captain. Wow. And then went to Boston and faced the St. Louis Blues in the final in 2019. He was on the wrong side of that. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Patrick Hornquist, who led the Nashville Predators in goals, and then went to Pittsburgh. And uh, he won a Stanley Cup right with, the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. How about Marion Gabrick? Led the New York Rangers in goals. <laughs> ended up in L.A. Yeah. And won the Cup. In 2014, yeah. the year that Alec Martinez scored the uh, overtime goal that won the L.A. Kings the championship. And the uh, most, um, well, since 2006, those are all examples 2006. It's uh, it's actually happened uh, 13 times over the course of history. 14 times over the course of history. Uh, but Doug Waite led the Edmonton Oilers in goals one year. Well, actually a few years. Uh, it was very good. And ended up with Carolina in 2006. Yeah. It was just an add-on, a little bit of experience there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he won the championship. So, all but one time since 2006, the player facing his former team mm -hmm. has won the cup. Well, little, some good vibes there for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely good vibes. Um, yeah, the Marion Gabrick one was one that, like, I didn't I didn't make that connection. It's not the next one. season necessarily, yeah. but yeah. obviously with Marshall being here sure. uh, for, for six seasons. But uh, uh, unusual, though, that, that a player who once led the team in scoring mm -hmm. faces that team in the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Golden Knights are the seventh club all time to have multiple goaltenders record at least five wins in the same playoff year. Seventh all time. Wow. I remind you, <laughs> the NHL has been around for more than 100 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all the context you need, right? Right. Yeah. Except it's the second straight year it's happened. Colorado last year. Remember Darcy Kemper got hurt? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And Pavel Francouz had to come in. Uh, he won six games. Darcy wow. Kemper's uh, ten. So back-to-back -back years. Uh, huh. We had uh, Pittsburgh in 2017. Okay. That makes sense. And 2010 with my buddy Bush mm -hmm. and uh, Michael Layton. And then it didn't happen for a long time. Between 1980 and 2010, it didn't happen. Like 30 years. Yeah. Did not happen. Yet it's happened. This will be the fourth time in since uh, in uh, 13 years. Explain that. It doesn't happen at all for 30 years, and this is the fourth time in 13. I don't know how I could explain it. Um, I mean, injuries are a very real thing. I guess I would argue that goalies are just better now. And when you lose your number one goalie or you have a goalie go down to injury, you're still able to win games. You're still able to continue to find a way to, to extend your season until that goaltender gets back and is healthy. So um, the only explanation I can give you is that goaltending as a position 
the players that play that position are just better. I don't know. It's it's very strange that that would occur. We went through a, an era of dominant number ones. Yeah. Does that mean anything? Uh, and and the 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 seventies uh, gave way to the eighties, where you just rode one guy uh, all all the time. Uh, whether it's the New York Islanders, uh, with they won uh, four straight championships with Billy Smith. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, whoever was playing goal, whether it was Grand Fuhrer or Andy Moog uh, or Bill Ranford, uh, they wrote those. Tom Barrasso uh, with, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Ed Belfour uh, with Brodeur. his team. Marty Brodeur. Yep. Uh, uh, great. Patrick, Patrick Waugh yep. uh, along that line. Like they, they didn't give up the net at all. And and you in, in, but, in but Patrick Waugh's point of view, uh, you, you were scared to take him out of that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but I mean, if you if you didn't get the best version of them, or if they were injured, you, you're probably not winning games either. But you weren't going to start somebody else. Well, no, you weren't. But the fact of the matter is, like things happen, right? And I think that that maybe maybe better isn't the right word. Maybe there's less drop off between your number two and your number one, and it allows you to still win hockey games and be confident that you can win hockey games. I just think that uh, we as those guys worked through their career they they weren't the alpha as much and you've got the coaches have have more uh, say in it as opposed to the player just being that alpha uh net miter uh, but that's weird four times in 13 years and the previous 30 years it didn't happen uh those are our one-timers uh congratulations uh, to our winner we'll be back with catching up with chapman of fox sports las vegas <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hey, Darren. Hey, Ryan. So part of Media Day today had the opportunity to talk to Zach Whitecloud. And, like, Zach is so wise beyond his years. Like, he's just such a mature kid, and and he's a winner. And I just really enjoy chatting with him because he's so philosophical at times. And one of the things he said to me a few weeks ago is he doesn't play this game to lose. So I asked him a little more about that, and he started to talk about how when he was younger, he used to play not to lose, and that when you play not to lose, you play some of your worst hockey. So he had to try to grow as a player to get better, but also change the mentality of you play to win as opposed to not play to lose. And I thought that was really cool. One of the other funny moments was he talked about being a kid in his backyard. And, you know, you always dream of playing in the Stanley Cup and, and scoring the winning goal. And I asked him, I said, well, who did you pretend to be when you were growing up? And he very quickly said, Zach Whitecloud. <laughs> so uh, just a great kid. And, and and I hope he has a great series because I, I a really. great answer. It is. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone pretended to be someone else, but their hero, but Zach pretended to be Zach. So. I think at a young age, maybe he knew that this was what his his ultimate uh, career was going to be. He was going to be playing in the NHL, and that's pretty awesome. There was a couple of cool moments today, uh, one of which I, I was sitting at a table with uh, my buddy Darren Pang and Billy Jaffe, who's going to be part of the uh, uh, national radio coverage uh, at this event. Nate Ewell uh, was in and around there, and uh, we were having a great catch-up, and everybody's pointed over to uh, another table and somebody walking down the hallway <laughs> I thought, what? they said look at that and it was this person wearing a hawaiian shirt and swim trunks 
<laughs> going through going through the uh, media meal area. And they said, look at that guy. Yeah. I wonder and who that I was. Said, That's my operator for the radio show. Yes. And the reply was, really? What's he doing here? I said, well, he's getting some sound for us. Is he going to a pool? I said, I don't know why he dresses like that, but he does. <laughs> so just know that you are a topic of conversation with, uh, with me That's and my buddies. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Why did you wear swim trunks? Gotta go. Why did you wear swim trunks?